Trick or treat. Welcome to a special edition episode of Spill the Tea with B and T. I'm your host, Tori. And I'm your host, Brooke, and we are here with our Halloween special. So we're going to tell you some ghost stories. Ooh. <laughs> uh, we want to start with a story that happened to my very own fiancé. We will be making a lot of jokes about this one, so we just want you guys to be able to keep up. It's it's funny. <laughs> so Not to Joe. My <laughs> Jesus. My fiance um lives in Bo- or is from Boston. Boston. And he swears up and down as long as the day is that <laughs> he was sleeping with an old girlfriend at the time and he woke up and seen a man. Uh, <laughs> an old colonial man dressed in colonial like war attire holding a musket and I was like what did he do and Joe's like nothing he just stood there and watched me sleep and <laughs> the girlfriend at the time could see ghosts apparently and Joe told her about it the next morning and she's like oh yeah there's ghosts that come in here and just watch you sleep all the time and I'm like but why <laughs> like why did you not ask questions about that and he's like I don't know pretty much told me ghosty's gonna do what ghosty's gonna do so, if you hear us ref- referencing the musket, and I don't know why, but every time we talk about this story, the musket just fucking sends me. I can't handle it, because I'm like, he really came ready for war. <laughs> he was ready to blow that place up, need be. I love the musket, because it's like, you know, people always talk about seeing ghosts in, in old-timey clothing, but, like, he had the whole musket and all. <laughs> like, the good old colonial man and his musket. Every time we talk about ghost stories, I'm like, thank God he didn't have a musket. Okay. <laughs> So now that we got that out of the way, um, (laughs) okay, so I found this story on Twitter actually like a few years ago and it freaked me the hell out. So I wanted to share it with you all before I tell it, I'll give credit to where credit is due. His name is at stop flexin and that's not a fucking joke. His name is at stop flexin. So if you want to read the story, um, we're going to read it as like a first person, we're going to read it almost like word for word exactly what he put. So when we're saying I, we don't mean fucking me and Brooke. We mean I as in the man who wrote this story. Don't get confused. It's not that hard. Do not overthink this. So let's start. So a few weeks ago, I tweeted about my aunt who lived in New Orleans. She was mean as hell and overall toxic to be around. She would beat me and my cousins and curse at us for no reason. My aunt was into some weird shit. She owned an antique shop in New Orleans and had a living space right under it. She would collect skulls and candles and set them up everywhere. My grandma thought she was heavy into witchcraft. One day, my aunt had a pretty bad stroke and had to start using a wheelchair. She had a little elevator installed in her house that would take her from downstairs where she lived, upstairs to her shop. When she heard Hurricane Katrina was coming, my family tried to get her to come to Georgia, but she wouldn't leave her shop. When the storm came, her power went out, which meant her elevator stopped working, she got stuck under the shop and drowned. Damn. Be like that. <laughs> Do be like that. But here's where the story really begins. My uncle went to New Orleans and got all of the stuff out of our shop when the storm was over. Most of her stuff had already been looted, but we were still able to collect some of her items she had in the room below her shop. I was living with my aunt and uncle at the time in Georgia in a house on a dirt road right in the middle of plum fuck nowhere. And that's an exact quote, kids. <laughs> Plum fuck. I love that. Me and my cousins were going through some bags that my uncle had brought back, and we found a Ouija board. 
We never knew what it was, but we thought it was for kids since it had a bunch of letters and numbers. My uncle used to leave us home a lot because he worked at a fire department. So one day he left for work overnight and my cousins and I decided to play with a little board. I did not know what a Ouija board is. Listen, I don't know. Also, question for the, for the listeners. Do you say New Orleans or do you say New Orleans? I say New Orleans. I think I say New, or- New Orleans. Why? I don't know. <laughs> so, okay. <clears throat> anyway, so we get playing with it, and on the bottom of the board, there's instructions on how to use it. It told us how to communicate with spirits and how to summon certain loved ones who's passed on. We started asking it shit like where Tupac and Biggie were. Also would be my first question. When it wouldn't let us talk to them, I came up with a great idea to just ask my aunt how to use it. So we asked the board to bring back our aunt to show us how to use the board. Mind you, we have every light in the house on. As soon as I asked the question, the power went out. Me and my cousin started screaming and stuff because, like I said, we were in the middle of nowhere. So for some reason, we decided to run and hide under the bed. When we went under there, I remembered my cell phone was in the kitchen plugged in. Fatal mistake. But this was a pretty big house. And I would have had to walk like a hundred feet in the dark to get it. Okay, sidebar. If you had a fucking cell phone, why didn't you YouTube how to use a Ouija it was, board? It, he was like, it was like ten years ago. <laughs> it was a flip YouTube phone. was still a thing. It was a flip phone. You had to pay like ten dollars for YouTube. I don't believe it. I'm just kidding. Okay, I figured if I ran, it wouldn't be as bad. So I got up from under the bed and was getting ready to run to the kitchen when dot dot dot. <laughs> Somebody started knocking on the door. My cousin said it was the ice maker, but I reminded her that the power went out, and that's when the knocking got even louder. My cousin really said, go see who it is. (laughs) She just threw his ass to the wolf. She said, well, go get it, bitch. (laughs) Now at this point, whoever was banging on the door sounding like the police serving a warrant. I really got the balls to go to the door and say, who is it? The banging stopped, so I ran and I grabbed my little flip phone. My cousin was standing behind me with a swimming pool noodle as a weapon. I mean, she really should have just got that colonial musket. That's (laughs) the ultimate weapon. When we got the phone, we ran back and hid under the bed. The power is out, so I kept calling my uncle, but it's going straight to voicemail. My cousin was trying to get my attention, but I told him to shut up so whoever was at the door didn't know where we were at. When I looked at him, he was pointing out the window. Shit do be spooky. There was someone peeking through the window. A full face pressed on the glass, and I couldn't even make out who or what it was. At this point, my heart was beating so fast, I thought I was going to pass out. My cousin is losing it. There are tears and snot all over the floor. Whoever was at the door was scratching it and said, I can see you. I grabbed my cousin by the shirt and pulled him out from under. He says him and her. Is it a he? Is it a she? We won't, we won't assume their gender. Non-binary. Yeah. Well, we, we don't know. So for the, for the sake of the story, we'll read it exactly. Oh, okay. So I grabbed my cousin by the shirt and pulled him out from under the bed and ran to the next room over. I couldn't even look at the window because I started hearing screaming and banging coming from that direction. The banging was so loud, things were falling off the walls. We get to the next room, close the door and lock it. I notice a breeze... And when I look, the window is open. I'm so scared. I can't even move. I know I got to close the window, but I don't want to go near it. The banging stopped and my cousin said, what if they're coming to the, in- or what if they're coming to this side? What a bitch. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> she said, figure it out. She said, who is it? But what if they're coming here? What are you going to do? <laughs> I took a rifle that was in the closet and ran to the window. Okay, we're stepping up to musket status. Right? We're really getting there. <laughs> 
I'm trying to close the window, but it's taking a lot of strength since it's an old house. When I look out the window, there was a plantation in the back, and there was someone standing at the edge of the field. My cousin handed me a flashlight, and when, when I shined it to the person, they started running towards the house. The window still won't close. Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. I pick up the shotgun and start pulling the trigger, and it won't fire. This person is 10 feet from the window, and they aren't stopping. My dumbass throws the rifle out the window at whoever it is, run out the room and close the door, and run in the living room. Me and my cousin are in the living room now, and I accept the fact that I'm about to die because I left the window open. It's over. I know that whoever that was, I know that whoever that was was about to find us. I hug my cousin, and as I'm doing that, I see lights outside. Headlights. Somebody was outside in a truck. This old white man who lives on the other side of my uncle's property with his wife. They wanted to see if our power was out too. My cousin and I just ran to this guy's truck. We tell him everything in like seven seconds. He told us to stay in the truck with his wife and he pulled out his, quote, yeehaw Clint Eastwood looking pistol. I'm still waiting for a musket. <laughs> I don't know about anyone else. I noticed that the window in the room that we were in was closed now. I told his wife somebody was definitely in the house and she started screaming at her husband to get out and he wasn't answering. She called 911 and told them to send every available officer that they had. This man came running out of the house. We drove back to his house and we waited for the police to show up. I finally got a hold of my uncle and came right back to the house as the police showed up. The police searched the entire house and didn't find anything. No signs of force entry, no scratches on the windows, no dents in the doors. All they found was a lot of water on the floor. We told the police the whole story, but they treated us like we were kids just seeing things. My uncle went back the next day and found the Ouija board and burned it. So the uncle actually told him that there's no reason that the gun should not have fired. There was no reason. Everything worked fine and it was loaded and ready to go. So whack. So he says that he actually thinks, the author of the story says he actually thinks that the water on the floor was from his aunt because she died in that hurricane. She drowned. Um, so he thinks maybe she was protecting him from a demon or maybe she was the demon. Spooky as hell. So now that we have your heart pumping with a good ghost story, we want to tell you about probably the most famous go 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 Okay. Wait. Go. Okay. So now that we have your heart pumping with a good old ghost story, we want to tell you about probably the most famous ghost hunters of all time. Zach Baggins from Ghost Adventures. No, stop. <laughs> no, I'm just shitting you. We're going to tell you about Ed and Lorraine Warren. <laughs> so, who are these bitches? So, Lorraine was said to have psychic abilities, and Ed was a dedicated demonologist. So, she had all, like... Deadass thought that said dermatologist. I was like, who knew? Skincare by Hiram. Nope. <laughs> I just love that. They're like, yeah, Lorraine, she's got all the psychic abilities. Ed's just, he's along for the ride. Um, so they claim to have investigated over 10,000 cases in their career. It's a bold claim. They've had a lot of famous cases, including the Amityville Haunting, the Conjuring series, as well as the Amityville Horrors and Haunting in Connecticut are all movies based on cases they investigated. So you probably heard of some of these. They do, of course, come with a lot of criticism. Some people say that they are only in it to sell their stories. They also claim that Ed had an affair with an underage girl for decades and was abusive to Lorraine. However, together they opened up an... A cult. 
an occult? Occult. Okay. It's like occult, but it's spelled stupid. However, they opened up an occult museum that even used to be located in their basement. There, they kept the famous haunted objects, just like the very famous Annabelle doll, who is now missing. Annabelle, get back to your cage, bitch. <laughs> get off Twitter. We need to put her on a milk cart and somebody find this bitch. Have you seen this woman? Have you seen... Did you guys know? Have you, if you've seen Annabelle, side note, um, she doesn't look anything like the movie. She looks like... She's like a raggedy ant doll, literally a raggedy ant doll. She doesn't look that fucking spooky, which I think makes her even more spooky. So now that you know who the Warrens are, let's talk about the Perrin family. There's a lot of kids, uh, well, just daughters, but... So we have Roger and Carolyn Perrin, who had their daughters, and I'm listing these in order from oldest to youngest. There's Andrea, Nancy, Christine, Cynthia, and April. In 1970, in the dead of winter, they packed up and moved to Harrisville, Rhode Island... They bought a house with 200 acres, and it had 14 bedrooms. And they actually made their kids still share bedrooms, even though there was 14. So what the hell were you doing with the other bedrooms? I don't know. Back in the times. I guess the 70s were different. Y'all fucking whack. Anyways, the family was ecstatic, but it wouldn't last long. As soon as they moved in, the neighbor said to them, quote, Keep the lights on at night. Like, bitch! What? <laughs> My electricity bill will they throw them off! <laughs> Like, like, but why? You want to see what we're doing? <laughs> Probably. Okay. Unknowing to the parents, before they bought the house, it was apparently famous for its area of unusual activity. It's and it famous in the area, not for its area of... <laughs> you know what, Tori, look my asshole. Look my balls. In the arms of the angel. Okay. Unknowing to the parents before they bought the house, it was apparently famous in the area for its unusual activity, and it didn't take long for the parents to figure out the strange warning that they got from their neighbors. When it started, it was little things like objects that they would leave somewhere, and shortly after, they would be somewhere entirely different. One of the children, Cindy Perrin, said in an interview, things would be either... Things would either be moved all around in a different position than how I left them, or they would be shoved up underneath the bed. Cindy would, of course, go to my sisters. You'd go to your sisters and say, hey, what did you do to my toys? They would say, nothing. Why would I mess with your toys, Cindy? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. Why would I mess with your toys, Cindy? Could you imagine five girls? And you're like, bitch, where's my Polly Pocket? I had one sister. We was beating each other's asses. I was going to say, five girls? Hell no. I would have stopped. If I had two, I'd say, sew me up, doc. So the moving objects and overall strange feelings would drive the sisters apart. Well, I'm surprised they were close. Um, They would start arguing with each other constantly, always accusing one another. Eventually, the reason for the moving objects would make themselves known to the children. Cindy said she even started sharing her toys with the children she would see in her room. She's like, oh, hey, ghosty. You want to play house? I'm going to be the mom. I was going to say that. (laughs) Cindy said she even started sharing. Oh, wait, yeah. Except these children were not her sisters. They were ghosts. It got to a point where they actually enjoyed having spirits in their house. The ghosts would play with them and even tuck them in at night, kissing them on their foreheads. When asked how they knew it wasn't their mother, they said, Mom smells like ivory soap. And this person smelled like flowers and fruit. It's like, bitch, I know my mom's smell. This ain't no dawn. <laughs> Get it together. This is Bath and Body Works. We can't afford this. <laughs> The kids loved their roommates. Roommates? (laughs) 
they said, oh, that ghosty? Yeah, don't worry about him. His name's Gerald. He just likes, he wild. He, he, he makes a great dog when we're playing house, okay? Best <laughs> 10 out of 10 performance is amazing. <laughs> it just became their new normal. However, the parents were having a, a much more difficult experience. Roger said that when he came home, he would smell a putrid smell that was just so horrible. It smelled like something had died. The mother, Carolyn, said that she was visited at night by a woman in gray whose head was hanging to the side. If you've ever seen Haunting of Hill House, it reminds me of the bent neck lady. Carolyn even said she was stabbed in the leg by something round and pointy, but she couldn't figure out what it was. A spoon. A rusty spoon. It's my guess. No. <laughs> Wrong guess. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Good try. Can you tell Brooke has no idea what the fuck is going on? I have not read this script. I'm like, ooh, what happened next? What was the what was the round object? Was it a spoon? A ladle? Fill me in. If you were stabbed by a ladle, that would be a big ass mark. She'd have bled out and died. And it's what? The logic. Don't judge my guesses, okay? <laughs> Mermaid vampire. <laughs> City of Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> Okay, so, speaking of the parents, good old Roger was actually being visited by what's called a succubus. Um, if you never heard of that, it's basically where the spirit sleeps with you, like a sleeps with you. So, while Carolyn is getting stabbed, Roger's getting laid. <laughs> but soon it went from everyone but Caroline having a great experience with their ghost babysitters and mistresses. There were extreme cold spots in the house. Then, while you were sleeping, your bed would be lifted off the ground. Loud bangs would ring throughout the house, and one night, something truly out of a movie happened. Carolyn, the mother, went to the dining room, and two men were sitting at it. One pointed to Carolyn, looking at her like she was the ghost. One of the daughters even told the mother that a ghost woke her up in the middle of the night and said there are seven dead shul shoulders. I always <laughs> say shoulders! Woke her up in the middle of the night and said there are seven dead soldiers buried in the walls. But did they have colonial muskets? They could only dream. That's only for the bad and bougiest ghosts. Also, side note, are you sure Roger just wasn't having like a wet dream and he's like, those damn ghosts? They really be out here wildin'. He's like, ah. I'm like, it's not me, Carolyn, it's the fucking ghost. It's the ghost. Anyways, Carolyn had had enough and she was like, okay, something is up. Well, she went to do an investigation since her state did not require you to notify sellers of any paranormal activity. Wait, side note. Do you think that they should? Because in my opinion, it's like, how do you prove if there's a ghosty or not? Like, how do you, you're like, yeah, I hear some thumps in the night. It could be the fucking pipes. Could be a dead colonial man with a musket. Who knows? Like, how, do what do you think? I don't know. I, I could don't be the hot water heater. Could be a soldier. I mean, honestly, it's a 50-50 from here. Are there seven dead soldiers buried in the wall or do you have mice? We don't know. You will find out though. Stay a couple nights by the house. It's a fun surprise. That's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't think you should. Like, even though it'd be, I'd be pissed as fuck if I bought a haunted house. And I'm like, bitch, why don't you let me know, girl to girl? Why did you say some? I would be like, I don't know. I don't think I would because it's hard to prove. It's hard to be like, is it me that's haunted? Is it, you know, is anything haunted? You just take the priest with you every house you buy. You're like, you go look at with a realtor. You're like, this is my friend. He's a priest. Okay. Do you feel any ghosties? Are you present? You're like, Pastor Jennings, I need you to uh, take a whiff of this house. Tell me what kind of feels you get, okay? And then we'll talk. And then the realtor's like, no one's died. And you're like, no, 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 shut up, Tiffany. Pastor Jennings is doing what he's doing, okay? Move on. 
So it turns out that the seven dead soldiers was actually the number of reported deaths in that house. Other gruesome events like rapes were also reported to have happened at that location. Most of the deaths were from generation after generation of people in the same family dying in the home. Bathsheba. <laughs> okay. It was like 1812, Bathsheba. Her name is... That's not weird, Bathsheba. If my parents named me Bathsheba, I would also be a ghost and haunt the shit out of everyone, just out of pure well, anger. Bathsheba's a craghead, so okay. just read on. She did. <laughs> Even the most well-known spirit, Bathsheba, was a part of the family. Yes, you heard that right, Bathsheba. Oh my god. Soak it in. She literally lived like 200 years ago. People named their kids, like, fucking whack-ass names. And now we name our kids, like, Tony? Come on. <laughs> Get original. Bathsheba's fancy, if you ask me. Anyways, so who the fuck is Bathsheba? Her name's Bathsheba Sherman. <laughs> it was Bathsheba. Well, her name's Bathsheba. <laughs> so let's talk more about Bathsheba Sherman. She was said to be the most evil spirit haunting the Perrin family. Living in 1812, it was legend that Bathsheba was a practicing witch, which... Back then didn't mean shit, because if you, if you breathed wrong, they're like, witch. You put oregano in that? Witch. Right? You're like, oh, you're growing some rosemary? <laughs> Fucking witch. Um, so she had three children. None of them lived past the age of seven, which now seems a little sus, but if you think back then, like, nobody <laughs> lived past the age of seven, and if you did, you were probably a witch. <laughs> so the legend goes that she actually sacrificed her children and there's even a story that she was caring for an infant that died mysteriously from a small puncture wound to the head. It's speculated that the wound was from a large sewing needle. She was actually tried for this crime and found not guilty due to lack of evidence. Fucking Bathsheba. Bathsheba! <laughs> say that Bathsheba died from hanging herself, which is why Carolyn would have described the bent neck lady and says her wound could have also been the large sewing needle, like the legend says, Bathsheba killed the baby with. Well, we do know that Bathsheba was a real person who lived in the house, and you can even see her gravestone, which is actually vandalized and in poor condition now. But we can't confirm how she died, or if she killed that baby, or even her own children. So it's actually sad, like, can you imagine not being a witch, and then some people are just like, yeah, I don't like the name Bathsheba, she's a witch, she killed this baby with a sewing needle, and then now people are vandalizing your gravestone, like, that's fucking rude, honestly. So, you remember Ed and Lorraine Warren, we talked about them earlier? Well, a family friend of the Perrin family reached out to them, like, hey yo, my friend's house is haunted, uh, you need to come check this out, or, you know, something like that. Maybe it didn't go quite exactly like that, but... So they came and investigated the home and actually performed a seance. During the seance, Carolyn was said to speak a language that was not her own and speak a voice not in this world. Her chair levitated and she was thrown across the room. So the Warrens definitely agreed it was haunted and even calling it one of the most haunted homes they'd ever been to. And you remember they investigated allegedly 10,000 cases. Like that says some shit. So this story does have a happy ending. The Warrens banished the ghost, and everyone lived happily ever after. Yeah, just fucking kidding. The family said that the Warrens made their activity in the house worse. Um, so basically, they didn't help at all. Um, it was a waste of fucking time. <laughs> Things said in Lorraine, why don't you go back to doing whatever you fucking do? The family had to endure the whole... That is what they do. <laughs> that is what they do. They hunt ghosts. What do you mean? <laughs> well, get a new job. Be a dermatologist. Fucking... <laughs> so 
Get over yourself. I know, Ed doesn't even have any special talents. He's just fucking there. He's just like, all right, Lorraine, do your shit. <laughs> the family had to endure the horrible activity in the home for the 10 years that they lived there before they could finally afford to move. Listen, I don't care if I couldn't afford it. I would fucking live in a box if there was some ghosty that was fucking my husband and stabbing me with sewing <laughs> needles. Okay, that is a no-go for me. I'd be like, listen... No, just no. So, yeah, they think Bathsheba is, like, the worst one. They think that she's she stabs Carolyn and, like, is so mean to Carolyn because she's also the one sleeping with Roger. They're like, maybe she just wants her gone. <laughs> Especially, my yeah, because, like, that seance, like, Carolyn's the one that, like, got all fucked up and was speaking crazy-ass languages. Roger's getting hand jobs. Carolyn's getting <laughs> yeeted across the room. <laughs> And Ed and Lorraine are just like, well, yeah, I do be like that sometimes, you know. Oof. Yeah, it happens to the best of us. So, yeah, if you look at a picture of Carolyn, she's she's so pretty. And, like, her kids describe her as, like, this beautiful woman. And when all this was happening, she was, like, she looked like she was dying. Like, she was so skinny. Her face was sunken in. She weighed 98 pounds. Jesus. Yeah. After having five kids, like, and weighing 98 pounds, like, your body probably is going to break in half. Like, No. So, the family that lives there now says they don't deal with quite as much activity, but they do hear banging and objects moving from place to place. They say their real nightmare is all the tourists that come to the home at all hours of the night. They actually called the cops at, like, 3.30, not that long ago, because people were just sitting outside their house doing some whack-ass shit. So, if the story sounds familiar, that's because it is. It's the story of the actual Conjuring movie haunting. If you see the movie, you will know that there are a few creative... Liberties? Yeah, if you okay. see the movie there. Okay. If you see the movie, you know that there are a few creative liberties in there, such like the scene of the exorcism that didn't actually fucking happen. However, there are some tr true details where even more terrifying than the movie could even show. And sidebar. I was just thinking about this. Fucking, the husband and the kids must have been so pissed when they moved. They're like, God damn it, I'm losing my friend that plays Polly Pockets with me. I'm losing my free hand jobs. Like, what, what, what am I gaining from this move other than you're not getting fucked up, Carolyn? <laughs> well, no, so, like, the nice spirits kind of went away as soon as, like, Bathsheba, like, came out. And then she was, like, throwing their beds around and shit. Like, they just want to sleep. And then she's like, nah, earthquake, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> So, yeah. No, I bet Roger was the only one that didn't have any problems. Except for he smelled that gross smell. But it's like, I don't know. Kind of worth it, honestly. <laughs> like, a gross smell? I think I would deal with it, honestly. Um, so, yeah, that is the story of our Hollow's Weave episode. <laughs> Halloween episode. Let's just tell our own ghost stories. Um... Now we're going to tell you some stories about our own ghost stories. All right, motherfuckers, listen up. I got a story for the ages, okay? Just kidding, no. Listen the fuck up, kids. I got a story, okay? It's not like a very detailed story because I was like two. But so my mom and dad used to live in this like apartment over in Rose Park when I was little. And one night I woke up and I like ran in my mom's room. And I was like, mom, there's someone in my closet. She's like, huh? And I said, yeah, there's someone in my closet. And I told her, like, what I saw. And she was, like, super shocked. But she just said, oh, it's nothing or whatever. Well, come to find out, she decided to tell me this, like, a few years ago. She's like, yeah, that apartment, someone actually died. They killed themselves in there. Um, and what you saw was exactly what he was described like. And I, 
it's weird because I remember it because I was so little. I remember seeing Frankenstein in my closet, but like, she's like, no, that's not what happened. I like dead ass saw a dead guy. Dead ass saw a dead guy in the closet. So um, that's pretty spookalicious. I've never seen a ghostie, but I'm open to it. So if I have any ghosties listening today to spill the tea, I'm inviting you into my home. Oh, God. <laughs> you are. Don't be a mean ghostie, but like, play Polly Pockets with me. You know? Let's, let's have a nice cup of coffee sometime. Joe, don't listen to this because you're going to be my aunt. Joe is terrified. Like, he, me and Tori were talking about like taking a Ouija board one time and like playing with it just to like say that we did it and he's like which we're still gonna do yeah no it's gonna happen he was like if you do it in the house i swear to god brooke like freaks the fuck out and he's like i went before i bought this house i looked at four other houses and i'm I'm sure one of them was haunted okay and i'm like yeah okay colonial man or just just normal one (laughs) what kind of haunting we talking about he finds a ghostly musket in his closet and he's like i chose the wrong house we gotta move um, if we do it, can we do it in your house? Honestly, because I think my house is already pretty spooked out. I don't, I don't like my house. Uh, I was laying in bed the other day, and we have a cat. His name's Rocky. He's a little shit, but he's the love of my life. So I was laying in bed. My door was shut, and I feel like I have this big fluffy comforter, and I feel like a pushing, and it's like crawling up me. And I was like, oh, that's my fucking cat, Rocky. It's 5 a.m. Chill out. Um, I look up. No cat. Door shut. It was nothing. It was a ghosty. Bathsheba? Trying to give me a handy? Who knows? <laughs> Probably not. But uh, spooked me the hell out. So we're doing it at Brooke's house. We're going to do a Ouija board. And we'll tell you if we end up like the one guy where his aunt, you know, may or may not be a demon. Her house gets flooded. Her gun doesn't work. <laughs> I try to clear the house with the oh. rifle again. <laughs> you know what, guys? Don't ever let Brooke have a gun. Because one time we were recording this podcast and we were downstairs in her basement. We were all alone. And we heard something. And Brooke runs up, gets a, a fucking rifle, is pointing it everywhere. I'm like, rule number one, a safety bitch, don't point at anything. And then she has the balls, the balls to ask me, what, do you think I'm going to shoot you? <laughs> and I said, well, if you're fucking pointing at me. And she's like, oh, there's nothing in it. Joe came home and heard about this. There was, there was something in it. It was loaded, ready to fucking go. She's going to blow me to bits. The funniest part of that is I don't even know how to shoot that gun. So I don't know what I was going to do if there was, God forbid, someone in my house. I'm just like, maybe the light would scare them from the gun. They'd be like, oh shit, run. And then I'd be like, thank God, because I don't even know how to turn the safety off on this bitch. I like ran down her stairs because she's just walking around pointing it like, uh, what's his name? What's his name hunting that uh, roadrunner? What's his name? I don't know. I know. Elmer Fudd. Yeah, Elmer Fudd. She's pointing at me like, goddamn Elmer Fudd. And I'm like, good hell. Back back the hell up. Point to the ground, at least. Good hell. And she's like, nah. And I told her like 10 times and she still kept pointing at me. I think that it was probably a murder in the making that I <laughs> narrowly escaped. You're so stupid. <laughs> Anyways, with that being said, if y'all have any good ghost stories, uh, send us to them. Or send us to them. Send them to us on Twitter. We want to read about your spooky hauntings. Yeah, and I don't want to hear like, oh yeah, <laughs> I had a nightmare and it was a ghosty. No, we want some juicy shit like Mr. Ouija Board Man. I don't want, yeah, I think I was haunted one time. Like, how, bitch? Did someone poop in your shower? <laughs> how? If I have a ghost that poops in my shower, I will throw hands. <laughs> like, all right, Beth Sheba, where are you hiding? Square the fuck up. <laughs> All right.
Adios. Uh, thanks. You're welcome. Actually, you're welcome for this special edition episode of our Irrelevant Podcast. <laughs> we are coming back with season two, so you guys keep posted. Um, or we'll keep you guys posted. <laughs> keep posted. We'll keep you guys posted. Um, just we'll be posted. Yeah, just, just, you'll see. We'll let you know. We'll show up. Surprise. We don't have a release date yet. Um, I'm thinking 69, 420, but could be any time now. You'll know when you know. If you know, you know. Goodbye, kids.